Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Welcome to episode one of the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm so glad you found your way here. You will notice pretty quickly, I'm guessing, that I do not have a sound studio. So you will probably hear my pets in the background or my husband. (laughs) So I apologize in advance for the sounds of life that you are almost guaranteed to experience while listening to this podcast. So I wanted to start our conversation with um, the word witch. You know, you'll find it in the title of this podcast. And it's a word that I have struggled with for years. Um, People have often called me and asked me for advice, what they would call witchy advice. Um, And then they would say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you by saying witchy advice or by calling you a witch or alluding to you being witchy. Um, By witchy advice, they would mean things like, I have a rash that won't go away, or my plants are dying, or um, my daughter won't talk to me, and I don't know how to make it better, or my grandmother's coming to me in dreams, and I can't figure out what she's trying to say. Um, This is the hole that women have filled throughout time. While masculine power structures were securing this narrow path to success and fame and fortune, Women were stewarding this wild, chaotic mess of life. When the doctors took over healing from midwives, these wise women continued to bring comfort and folk remedies to the people that the doctors couldn't heal. When priests took over the path to the divine, grandmothers would pray the rosary for the outcasts and the exiled. The old widow would bring tea to help the young, exhausted mother sleep. There was this fabric of interconnectedness that was mended and tended by wise women. Those enforcing these structures of power knew that the wise women didn't often agree with their tactics or their dogma or their laws, and that the fierce love of these mothers with a capital M was undermining the singular path this prescribed path to God, to money, to success, which have often all been lumped into one money, success, God. This had to be stopped. So we're, we're going back in time now to these early mothers with a capital M who were coming up against these patriarchal structures the Pope and the King and the Lord and, you know, the church with a capital C. And there were these women who have been holding everything together for all this time. And now they're being told how to do that by the powerful who wanted to own the the toll road to heaven. So there was a, a, an invention created by a man, Heinrich Kramer, in 1486, invented the Malleus Maleficarum, the Hammer of the Witches. This was first published in Speyer, Germany, and this text, this book, 
was used to bring thousands of people to trial as witches throughout Europe and in the colonies. Um, there's also, you know, tons of witch hunting that still happens in the world today. Maybe not tons anymore, but there's been witch hunting that has happened. Um, it still happens in parts of Africa and India. Um, so I'm not going to write all about that here or do sort of a historical context, or there are a lot of great books out there. If you want to get, um, deeper into the study of witch hunting, um, there, there are a lot of gruesome details around witch hunting and the craze that swept through Europe until the late 1700s. Even though I'm not going to go into all of that history, I do recommend that you spend some time learning about it um, because it is the story of othering. And it is a story that's been repeated throughout our history, not just with witches, but with Jewish people, with people of color, with people who are not identified as heterosexual. Um, there's this othering that happens and it follows a predictable trajectory. And the witch hunting craze is just one example of the, of how dark that othering can become. But the point I want to make here today is that the threat that these wise women, the remnants of almost completely annihilated matrilineal societies in Europe, these, these remnants of this tradition were eradicated using this fabricated straw man of the witch. There are 40 to 100,000, maybe more. I've heard estimates up to 9 million, but it seems like 100,000 is a pretty safe estimate. Um, people, mostly women, were burned, hung, drowned, drawn and quartered, branded, and many other ways of being tortured and killed for being witches. These wise women, these mothers with a capital M, were not witches. They were wart cunners, um, a word meaning someone who knows the plants. They were midwives. They were storytellers. They were mothers, grandmothers, and daughters. They were sisters. They were teachers. Mostly, they were women who denied the advances of men, and those men exacted their revenge by accusing these women of witchcraft. Or they angered a local villager, and that villager sought retribution by claiming witchcraft. These women died for being women, for being wise women, for being powerful women, for being women who said no, who contradicted those in power. These women were brutalized, tortured, and murdered in front of their friends and families in public executions. The onlooking women and girls received a strong message. Be quiet. Stay small. Don't act too big for your britches, lest they accuse you of suckling the devil's spawn, and you find yourself on the short end of the noose. The horrors of the witch trials are encoded in our epigenetics. As women, we are deeply afraid of persecution, of betrayal, of retribution and vengeance. We're vigilant. We watch our backs. We keep quiet when our heart screams to speak up. And we have a boiling rage in our livers from these injustices and these abuses of power. This is a time for us to look deeply at this othering and the oppression 
and the persecution that comes from that othering. As women, we've experienced it for, you know, thousands of years. As in the United States, this othering, this oppression has been visited horrifically upon people of color. We are coming to terms with that right now. There is a reckoning rolling over the United States of America about the genocide and the brutalization and the horrific acts that have been visited upon people of color in this country. We are decolonizing our minds and our hearts. As women, our work is the work of finding our voices and the wisdom of our fury. This ancestral DNA screams in fear of repercussions, and we have to acknowledge that this fear is real, but we must not stop acting for justice. These systems of power that have oppressed, imprisoned, tortured, disenfranchised, erased, and murdered anyone who got in their way, and this is their time of reckoning, and that reckoning requires our courage and our voices. As women... What we have always done, how we have always found our way through these dark times is with our hands, making things, writing our legislators, drawing signs for protest marches, growing gardens, making beauty, tending the wounded. And along with our hands, we will use our voices saying, we are the granddaughters of the witches you didn't burn. And we must drop into our hearts to forgive our mothers and our grandmothers and our aunts for trying to prune us to keep us perfect and quiet. You see, sisters, they were trying to save our lives. But now is the time for the witches. Now is the time for the wise women and the storytellers and the plant medicine makers and the priestesses and the Valkyries. Our great, great grandmothers are with us and they are strengthening our hearts to give us courage. So yes, please call me a witch. I am happy to identify with women who were oppressed and persecuted for knowing the plants, for interpreting dreams, for saying no to powerful men for knowing how to bring babies safely into the world, for remembering the cycles of the moon and how to talk to the spirits of the trees. I stand with my ancestors, those whose lives were taken or whose voice was quieted by the hammer of the witches. It's time for us to heal the damage that this has done and to remember the way of being wise women. So yes, I am a plant witch. I am a rebel herbalist. And as I have gone deep into my story and the story of my ancestors to reclaim these charged words and titles to find our power again in a system that profits on our oppression and our suppression, I call you to do the same sister or brother to go within yourself and find the parts of us the parts of you that have been othered and invite those parts back into the fold. The shame that keeps us 
from turning towards the parts of us that we've been taught are dangerous, dirty, shameful, that is where our power goes to die or gets turned into something that sabotages our lives. So we will talk later in other podcast episodes about the work of healing the othered parts of us. Um, But for today, I will um, end this first episode by reclaiming the word witch, as you find in the title of this podcast. Uh, And next time, we'll talk a little bit more about the plants and how they are um, really showing up in these times to help humans navigate our way back into the web of life. Thank you for spending this time beyond the veil of the ordinary. May your senses remain attuned to the magic and mystery of the other world. Until next time, you can stay connected on Facebook at the Plant Witch Podcast or Instagram at the Rebel Herbalist. You can also visit our online apothecary at therebelherbalist.com.